the most critical part or component of Idify is that we believe in the second chances. We're not going to close a door on a kid because they've made mistakes, and we're not going to close a door on a kid because they're they're not in a good way in their life right now. That is our success, is that we open the door, we're compassionate, we show empathy to situations that sometimes kids don't have control over. Hey everyone, Cole Turnbull with Coraline Advice Givers, where we interview Coraline business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to bring Coraline residents the best advice from our community's brightest minds. Today I'm joined by Karen Ashbrenner, who's the Executive Director for IDFY, formerly IDFY, right? That's right. Uh, which is a nonprofit that supports Idaho's drug-free youth. Their mission is uh, to empower our youth and lead happy and healthy lives. I must say, uh, you know, it's a long time since I was a kid in Coeur d'Alene School District, and I sort of kind of remember I Defy, but you guys have come a long ways. So we're excited to learn about that. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Hey, before we dive into I Defy, tell us, you know, a little bit about your, your personal self and, and your backstory. Sure. Um, my name is Karen Ashenbrenner, and I have been with Idaho Drug-Free Youth since about uh, 2007. I started with Idafi as an advisor, a volunteer person um, who worked with a group of um, homeschool slash online students who started a chapter, and I was their advisor, and that's a volunteer position. And I did that for... Um, through all my kids, they went to Idafi through high school, and um, I was their advisor. So we started in 2007 um, at um, IDEA. It's an online charter school, and we stayed with them until um, both my boys graduated high school. Okay, and so what about your your personal growing up? I know you said you live like... Uh, what, seven states, something like that? That's right. So I grew up mostly in Southern California, and I moved here about 20 years ago with my family to um, raise our kids in the beautiful Northwest. We came here, we loved it, and um, no regrets. This is just the, a fabulous place to live and raise our kids. Um, they're all grown now, but um, through, the, through my growing up, I was... Um, in Southern California, it's very, um, it, it's a problem problematic. Um, a lot of gangs, a lot of, you know, a lot of craziness there. Drugs. So a lot of drugs, a, a way before, you know, what we're dealing with now. Yeah. So um, I grew up there. I lived in seven states, and um, I've traveled a lot, and here is where I call home. What what was it about Coeur d'Alene that you're like, because I, I know in our pre-interviewed uh, info, you said like you could never see yourself living anywhere else. Why is that? No, I've been to a lot of places, lived in a lot of places as a kid and as an adult, in um, including Hawaii, my favorite vacation spot. But North Idaho just brings a sense of, of calmness and comfort. It's a, it's a friendly atmosphere where we live and it's really kind of low-key kickback and we love it yeah um and so then was there a particular story or point in your life where you're like 
I want to get involved with a nonprofit and, you know, is, you know, Idaho drug free youth, like, like that's the one, or was it just kind of something that just happened? You know, it happened at a good time. Um, in, um, 2000, my oldest son was killed in a drug deal gone bad that, um, he happened to be an innocent bystander. Um, but he definitely had his bout with experimentation, but after, um, you know, after his death, um, I decided that I just needed, I just needed to be more involved. And I got involved with IDEFI at that time, right? When I was transitioning with that experience and, um, my boys growing up in junior high and high school, I just decided that, um, once I found IDEFI, I just, it was just a really good fit for me personally. Yeah, it probably hit really close to home for you. Huh? And it did. And it's lasted um, for all these years in different, um, filling different uh, roles at IDEFI, um, coming to the office in 2012 as um, administrative assistant and just kind of doing all the roles through IDEFI. And then um, when I was offered this role as ED last year, it was just a door that opened up and it was exciting experience. It was an exciting time that I could maybe do just even a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like at that point when you lost your son, you know, you were you were probably lost. I, I imagine. You know, it's for, devastating. For a while. It's devastating to lose a child, mm -hmm. but to lose a child under those circumstances and and just there's no preparing for that. And um, it was definitely a difficult time for my family. So Idify is a, is a good fit for all of us. It has impacted all our lives. Yeah. And so you, you sat back then and, and then you kind of, you know, got involved in, into Idify. And then now all of a sudden you guys um, have several different programs, right? That, mm -hmm. that you guys kind of start, you kind of want to walk through with, you know, how, how Idify works and the goal and the, and the mission that you guys have. Sure. Um, we have, we offer six different programs and, um, they are standalone programs or they can be combined and used in conjunction with in school or out of school. So we have a school chapter that's a leadership opportunity for students to run a chapter in their school and have an advisor, um, oversee their activities and help get them resources to make their chapter, help their chapter to be successful. But it is a student-led um, program. And then we have our eye-to-eye student assemblies that we take statewide. It is an opportunity to bring students together in a, in a large assembly of about 100 and 120 kids where they are maybe even just being introduced to each other for the first time. So the eye-to-eye -eye assembly actually brings kids together to where they can um, see that they have more in common than they do have differences. So it's an opportunity for them to um, build a stronger community within their school and have accountability for what they're saying and how they're saying it and to who they're saying it to. So it gives these kids an opportunity to be more accountable to themselves and each other. So it gives them a sense of belonging, and when kids belong, we know that it gives them um, the the desire to do better, to perform better, so their grades are better, just because they feel like they fit 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you know you don't want to let down your you know your friend or your family member, right? So, yeah. and then when you uh, you guys are a, you're not a treatment program. You're a you know don't do drugs you know type type of program. You don't you do not treat people that have had addictions, right? That's right. What we do is um, we are drug prevention education. We're nonprofit statewide. So we have facilitators in the South and in the North that go to schools and, and do these assemblies. And then we have um, in the office here, we have a chapter coordinator who helps get the information out to schools and how to build a chapter and maintain a chapter. We're not so much on the, um, we, we are drug prevention, so we are not on the side of, of um, counseling or anything like that. But we do offer um, second chances. We never close a door on a kid who wants a second chance and wants to make make um, better decisions, healthier decisions. So it's uh, our doors open, and we um, believe in second chances. Yeah, I mean, which is I think second chances are important, you know, for everyone in life, you know, not just kids. So as we as we get older and have more birthdays, you know, we don't stop making mistakes. We just hopefully learn from our mistakes and they're smaller mistakes. They're easier it's easier to correct those mistakes. But as a kid, you know, these these seem so big and sometimes they can be life life altering. So if we can get in with drug prevention education to help them um, make make good decisions early on. By the time they get to high school and they go into college, you know that foundation is is really built and and it's just in a stronger way that they have the opportunity to um, pass it along to their peers. Even to, sometimes kids have to educate their parents. Yeah, I mean, because you know a lot of kids' parents nowadays, you know, are born in what seventies, you know, eighties, some of them. 60s and that was back when when you know there wasn't nearly the education or knowledge on drugs you know there is today um what's kind of been one of the biggest challenges that you guys have have faced as a program i think it actually is um really probably educating um the public in general one letting people know we're here and two, a lot of times we can provide these services with scholarships or sometimes no cost at all. So with just um, just a phone call, we can have we can be in a school providing services that no one else is doing. Idify is the only um, nonprofit in the state um, for drug prevention. Um, this year, we are doing a pilot program for fourth and fifth grade. We're finding that by the time kids get to junior high school, they're already experimenting. They're already smoking. They're already, you know, with chew and tobacco. Vaping is huge. So, you know, with just a phone call, we can get into a school and we can we can help um, from fourth grade all the way through 12th grade, you know, be educated on the programs that we offer. That's scary. I mean, kids anymore, you know, they are exposed, it seems like, at such an earlier age. You know, as the years go by, that that gap, you know, from the exposure does seem to kind of shrink, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's really tragic, but, you know, at least, you know, it is still prevention if we can get in and talk to them and teach them the importance of making a healthy choice. And if that's fourth grade, that's where we want to be. We want to be where the need is and where we can make the biggest difference. And that's with kids. Yeah. And so how do you guys find that need? Like, do you, you know, you keep your finger on the pulse of the community or are you kind of looking out? I know Idaho kind of usually trails a lot of the rest of the country, which can be a benefit at times, right? Like I'm sure there's probably some things going on down in California and stuff that we have no idea about up here yet. Do you guys pay attention to that kind of stuff? We do. We do. We get a lot of our, our data and statistics from, you know, the, just different agencies like um, the sheriffs and and the state, the Department of Education, they do a lot of surveys. They do a lot of um, uh, collecting of the data. And then um, we just are really able to um, utilize that data as to how we want to present our program and our different programs. So we use data from that's collected from all over. With that data, do you, do you have that kind of that alters? I'm sure what you guys are kind of teaching and and digging into, you know, with the like the eye to eye program and that sort of thing, right? Right, we do, and we do evolve, and programs change, and we add programs. But we really um, like the eye to eye program. It's really, you know, built individual for that school. Because the facilitator will ask a question, and depending on what the student's responses are, is how the facilitator moves forward. So they are um, highly trained in that field, so they can really get the pulse of that community at that time and really address the needs of the school on an individual basis. I think that's what keeps schools calling Idify back to present the eye to eye program is just because we can adapt that program to their current needs, whether it's tobacco, whether it's um, vaping and um, vaping right now is really big because it's not just the, um, the juices are not just um, tobacco. And there are a lot of things that they're vaping now that was never meant to go into those mechanics devices so um there is just uh, a gamut across the state we just kind of address all of this all of the um situations depending on the school yeah and i guess that you know that that is unique because it's not a one you know one shoe fits all type type of program to where you know some schools they might be a little more rural and you might have more problems with maybe alcohol and, and tobacco right and some more inner city stuff, you know, you're probably going to have kind of different, different challenges. It's true. Each, each district is going to have its individual problems and each district's got its own unique way of dealing with them and uh, addressing them. So Idafi goes in with, um, with a, just a very, um, non-judgmental, non, um, I guess it non-judgmental way that we can, um, just open the doors and just the kids feel um, comfortable and through just games and activities, you know, it's just, we're just able to meet them where they are in a very fast, effective way. Yeah. I was, I was reading through your guys' Facebook page and, you know, some of the comments that the kids have left on there from, uh, I believe that's a summer camp, right? 
and that's coming up. Idaho Youth Summit is our biggest event of the year, and uh, it's six months of planning for the biggest event, the funnest event that that kids come to this four-day leadership conference. Uh, it's held right at Luther Haven. Kids from all over the state come, and it's an opportunity for um, leadership. They, um, they're introduced to speakers who are knowledgeable in the area of tobacco, drugs, and usage. And then we provide them breakout sessions that are educational and um, they actually have the opportunity to take home information where they work in their communities on tobacco advocacy projects. So we are um, we work closely with Project Filter, who um, is a huge sponsor of Idify to help us with our um, um, making sure that that Youth Summit has the educational materials that we need to send kids home with this this desire and and to continue. The motive to continue with the advocacy projects after they go home. Yeah, and so how does I mean how does all this get funded? Where do you guys get a lot of your funding from? Well, that's really interesting. And most nonprofits, it's it's always going to be you know an interesting way. So um, we do write for grants. We do um, we do have uh, private donors, and we have a three sixty prod three sixty donor program. So if um, people donate $360 a year, they, they um, support or sponsor a child for camp. So um, the 360 membership is on our website, so people can donate that way. Um, we have corporate sponsors where companies actually um, donate regularly. And then we have private donors that, that are very committed to Idify and the health of youth um, that, they, that they donate also. So it's three hundred. It costs you guys three hundred sixty dollars for each each kid to go to the camp. Yes. And then, so what? I mean, you you make up that shortfall, I'm sure, because I'm sure there's probably not. Is there enough three hundred sixty degree members to cover all the kids that go? There's not. We have to write grants, and you know, grants come with reporting, and um, so that takes staff time. But but. Overall, you know, we just keep hitting the streets, the pavements, the businesses, and private donors for um, donations that keep us running. Yeah, and so how do how do people find out more? Your your website is what? Our website is www.idefy.org. Okay, um, and then so if you could go back to let's go back before you became executive director of Idefy. What advice would you give yourself then that you now know? If I were to go back probably in my teen years, I would say no mistake is too big to to change or no mistake is too big that you can't overcome the consequences. Yeah, and why is that? Well, just because I've experienced a lot of things, I've made my share of mistakes, and um, I come from a very non-judgmental um, attitude and perspective that it keeps um, me to be able to have good relationships with these young teens. I just am um, I, I just at a point in my life where I've been able to um, come full circle with some of those mistakes, and some of the consequences last a long time from the choices you make from a, from a young kid. 
So I think I just my perspective is is open and um, not judgmental for good relationship with with teens. Yeah, I, I know that you know as a young and when you're young, you know you think you know a lot, but you really don't. You haven't experienced a whole lot of things and a lot of challenges and that sort of thing can sometimes feel you know like insurmountable, like you're never going to overcome them. But ultimately. You know, it's, I mean, you've been through a lot. We've discussed a lot of it here already that there is, there is no obstacle, you know, that you can't overcome. And ultimately I think a lot of those are what makes you the person that you are today. You know, I think our kids today are facing things much greater than I had to face or I had to cope or deal with when I was a teenager. They, they're exposed to a lot more, a lot sooner, um, they're just, whether it's at home or whether it's on the streets, our kids are just being exposed to a lot more negative behaviors than, than even I was exposed to growing up in a pretty rough part of California. Yeah, and social media probably plays a, a big part of that and everything else, right? Social media is really, it's really... Um, Social media is really a negative, having a negative impact on our kids. And um, I wish some of it didn't exist, but technology is here. It's what we're faced with. So now it's really helping our kids to understand that uh, social media does not come with a lot of personality, that it just it just is say it and spray it. And that's what I call it because they there's no feeling there's no emotion there's no uh, punctuation in that it's just say it they spray it whatever they want to and it's it has negative and adverse effects so how how have you guys taken some of those negative things and twisted them to make them because you know social media all these kids you know i would say almost all of them are probably on facebook or instagram or snapchat or whatever like, how have you guys twisted that to help utilize and make a tool out of it as opposed to uh, just let them say it and spray it? Right. What we do is um, we, we each year at Youth Summit, we take the opportunity to partner with our speakers that come and um, we do the campaigns. So uh, Houston Craft was a very popular speaker at um, Youth Summit a couple years ago, and we do the Hey, I Love You campaign. So it's just a very simple card that kids can call up and get from us. We send them the cards. They fill them out, and they give them to somebody who has made a difference in their life or they want to be a more positive influence on someone's life. We've partnered with Hey, You're Amazing. They take Hey, You're Amazing cards, hand them out, and people just feel really important because all of a sudden they're getting this card that says, Hey, You're Amazing, and it could be a really crappy day for that kid. Mm -hmm. And now that, you know, that crappy day is turned around because they got this little teeny tiny message from a total stranger. So in partnering with these speakers, we're able to build these campaigns that are just very quick ways to interact with each other that are uplifting and positive. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, in your opinion, what has been the most critical to your guys' success as an organization? The most critical part or component of IDFI is that we believe in the second chances. We're not going to close a door on a kid because they've made mistakes, and we're not going to close a door on a kid because they're 
they're not in a good way in their life right now. That is our success, is that we open the door, we're compassionate, we show empathy to situations that sometimes kids don't have control over. It's not all the time that they're making bad choices. Sometimes other people are making bad choices for them. So we don't want to close the door and assume anything. Do you have any stories that you could share, you know, maybe that make the hairs on your arm stand up about, you know, a, a second chance story or, you know, names omitted? We do. We do. And um, <clears throat> one of our probably one of my favorite stories has to be with a girl that we know who was um, very involved in drugs and making bad choices and, um you know, somewhat um, making bad choices, even to the point of, um, you know, wanting to end the lives. And, and we have a couple of these, but the girl in particular, um, her mom came to us and her mom came to Idify just saying, you know, what are the resources? My, my daughter is here in this place and what can we do to help her? And um, this, this young girl came to you summit and she just turned her life around in four days, um, she stayed connected. She stayed involved, and um, all the way through her high school years, she was involved in Idify, and um, you know, being a good, a good testimony to her peers. And um, that's probably one of one of the biggest highlights for Idify is to see these kids, you know, turn around their life from the bad choices to the positive choices. Yeah, I mean, a story like that, you know, you could basically, you know, down the road, too. You guys ever thought about kind of utilizing their experiences and how they've overcome stuff to maybe talk or present at, you know, the future summits? And we do. And um, although I don't recall uh, alumni ever being a speaker at U Summit, but it certainly is something to consider. I know that we have students come and speak at different fundraisers on how um, IDEFI has impacted them. And